Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine Supernatural Edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we're going to be talking about Supernatural Season 3. And we have Adelie with us. Hello, Adelie. Hey, Jasmine. So, let's dive right in. What did you think about Season 3, specifically because Season 3 had the writer's strike? I en- I enjoy season three. I enjoy Supernatural in general. But season three to me had very good episodes, although it was short. I didn't feel like it impacted the quality of the episodes. I, I feel like I noticed the length, though. And especially in... Um, I don't remember when it aired, but I know that watching it now, I definitely noticed the length of it. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because Supernatural can get very, very heavy, especially when you're binging the whole season. So it's not a terrible thing to have a shorter season, uh, but it is definitely noticeable. Well, yeah, this season was 16 episodes instead of the normal 22, which is very heavy. Like I was looking at the other shows and um, that we've covered and that we will cover in the lengths. And this is definitely one of the lengthier seasons and series in general so compared to some other seasons and series how do you feel about the whole thing the are you like does it feel as long in general for you or i think it does it it balances out uh because it does deal with a lot of i don't know what the word is i want to say drama but that's just in general them um so I feel like it does, it, it balances out because there's so much content that they add anyway, and it, it kind of stays plot-focused and has less filler episodes, kind of less Monster of the Week, or when they do have those Monster of the Week, they keep it on the plot line so that it doesn't feel like you're missing anything. But at the same time, it's still, it's, it gives you a bit of a break from their darker tendencies that is probably welcome. Not that it should always have 16 episodes per season, but... It's still, it's probably welcome at some point. I agree. Uh, well, I'm very much a fan of shorter because they're easier for recaps, but that's just a selfish reason. Um, as far as this whole 22 episodes versus 16, as I said, I binged this, so I could not tell you when I was like watching it the difference. Like I didn't watch it. Li- Did you watch this live, Adelaide? Adelaide. Sorry, you cut out there. Can you continue? <laughs> did you watch this live? Yes, I did. I watched uh yeah, I watched this one live and I that was so long ago though, I really don't know that I could tell you if I noticed <laughs> it then. Because I honestly don't think like I binged it, so I didn't at all. But it didn't feel like anything was missing when I watched it. I was fine with it. It was cool. I enjoyed it. But this season it's pretty much focused on trying to get Dean from going to hell and the hunting down the evil spirits that escaped from hell. Yeah, and that that plotline, I feel, lends itself to their Monster of the Week style anyway. So even if they have that continuing theme, it's still still plot relevant. Definitely. So the first um, monsters that they encounter, starting off like the seven deadly sins, I personally love things like this. I love the seven deadly sins. I love flips on the Bible stories. 
And I find it interesting that this was where they jumped first. Because of all the things, you would think that either it would be like the Seven Daily Sins is your ultimate villain, or they would like come individually and then you have to deal with them in that way. Did you like that they did it like this, Elliot? Um, yes, I suppose. I hadn't really, I, I thought of it the way you did where I would expect it to come in, you know, as mini bosses. Not necessarily each of them are their own, you know, individual big bad that you could stretch across each season. That would get really repetitive. But, you know, having having them come up as different semi-major villains uh, instead of just, I mean, they themselves were just the monster of the week that you had to deal with. So, in a way, it shows you that we have so much worse that we're going to deal with. These are the seven deadly sins, and they're awesome. But also, these are just the small fries that we're just getting started with. This is what we've unleashed. Well, I don't think that they were necessarily small fries compared to the whole season. If we're being honest, you could have put them at the end of the season, and it would have still felt the same. I mean, what did you think about that, Elliot? Uh, Could you repeat that? I'm having internet trouble. You could have put the seven daily sins at the end of the um, season and it would still have the same weight. Um, I don't know that I agree. I think it does. I mean, to an extent, yes, it would still have the same effect, but at the same time, it's... It, it still feels like an introduction. It doesn't feel like a conclusion. It still feels like, you know, this is something, this is still big, and this is still something, that, this is something huge, and look what we have to deal with now. Hmm, okay. Well, we also saw the introduction of more hunters this season. And the first couple that we meet are actually a pair, husband and wife, and you meet them in the Seven Daily Sense episode. And... At the end of the episode, you see the woman is all alone, and she's out there, like, fighting demons on her own now, after everything that's happened. Um, How did you feel about this couple, learning about this couple and their progression? I wanted them to stay together, and I was very mad that he died very early. See, I was fine with it, because of the way that they used him. Like, you abandoned me just like you abandoned our child. <laughs> I like the idea of a uh, of a romantic pair monster hunting together. So I wanted that to stay, but I understand that Supernatural wants to break hearts all the time. So go ahead, guys. <laughs> so then, of course, we go through the seasons and we see the magic knife, the introduction of the magic knife and Ruby. So let's start with Ruby since she came with the knife. Did you like Ruby? I do, and I think that's because I like the idea of them allying themselves with a, you know, with someone that's not necessarily on the good side all the time. I like the anti-heroes, and I like having them around, but Supernatural can paint a very, especially the early seasons, paint a very black and white um, line. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. They paint a very black and white line. They paint a very stark division between good and evil in the very early seasons. And I kind of hoped that Ruby, I'm leading ahead a little bit, but I kind of hoped that she would stay in that gray area. And I was kind of excited to have that aspect in the episode, in the season. See, I liked, when we first got introduced to Ruby, she came in, she was like this kick-ass female, and she was helpful. And she also flirted with Sam. And Sam was like, who is that mysterious woman? And that was the vibe I got from him. 
And I loved it. Because it's very rare that you see a female, especially in this show, that's not necessarily a damsel in distress. That's not a part of the hunting world. And as a demon, I wouldn't say that Ruby is necessarily a hunter. Would you? Oh, God, no. She she does. I mean, she hunts, but she's not a hunter. Mm. So what, um, what did you expect when you first saw Ruby? I, I don't know. I really liked her and I really wanted her to, I, I was wary, I think, because of what we'd seen from previous seasons. So I really, like, I, I was hesitant to trust her, but I so wanted her to be what she was saying she was. I so wanted that. So in the same episode, we see um, Ruby come in with this magic knife and start killing demons. And she's saving the day. and She's basically Superman. Except, you know, probably could actually save her own mother. But... Shots fired. (laughs) I digress. She was there. She came in. She saved the... She was like, yeah, this is a magic knife. Whatever. Who cares? You don't know about this? Like, I love that she's so nonchalant about everything. Like, at least in this episode. Did you get that same feeling? Yes, and... It lent to her personality really well. Her introduction is so perfect for her, and especially so perfect for her goals that she wants to achieve, that that knife sold them in an instant. She she had their attention with that knife and other assets for Sam, but she also had her... That knife was what they wanted. Yeah. And then as her story arc develops, we see that Sam grows to trust her, while Dean is like, eh, not so sure. And ultimately, we find out that she's a demon, and she admits to Dean that she can't actually save his life. She can't save him from the deal, and that she also confirms all demons were once human, but their humanity was stripped away in hell, and that's basically what's going to happen to Dean. When that moment happened, how did you, like, what were you thinking? Honestly, I loved it. Um, (laughs) Not because I want Dean to go to hell. That's not why. Um, But rather because, like, one, her honesty there really lent to her character and what she was going for. And I really, really wanted that to be true. And um, two, because I liked the world building around all demons were once humans, but the humanity was stripped away. I really liked that. And having them become what they're hunting is so... It's cliche a little bit, but it's really fun. Yeah, it's very Madoka Madonica. Madoka Magica, sorry. <laughs> Anime fans with their pitchforks are coming. Uh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> but it is. It's so good, and I love when that spin happens. And then she also was like, yeah, but um, I still remember what it's like to be human, so that's why I want to help you guys. I'm not like them, because they don't even remember humanity. So it also set her apart from the other demons and kind of made you want to like her I like so even though she's to like her <laughs> i was so on board with her character <laughs> like even though she's a demon you're like maybe maybe, maybe? Please. <laughs> please stop toying with our emotions supernatural so in this season we also get a glimpse well not necessarily this season, but the last season, we got a glimpse of Dean's opinion of people who sold their soul. And 
do you remember this, Ellie? Uh, vaguely, I do recall his uh, his general opinion on it. Where he's like, yeah, um, I don't care if people who sell their souls, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Until he finds out that some people sell their soul for good reasons. And it's so interesting to me because then his father sells his soul and Dean also sells his soul. So to go from, yeah, who cares? They sold their soul to like, hmm, maybe there's a good reason in one season was excellent character development in the way that they did it. And I appreciated that growth. I what agree. about you? I, I agree. I really appreciate that that character development for Dean, especially because he starts off very black and white. He starts off kind of like how, um, I mean, he starts off as their father, basically, where it's very black and white. It's very divided. And he grows with the show to become a little bit more open-minded, to become a little bit more like, oh, yeah, I suppose there are gray areas. Not everybody sells their soul to be rich, and not every there are reasons people sell their soul. It's not just, hey, money, I can live wealthily, and then ignore the fact that these massive consequences are coming up. It's, no, I, he sells his soul to save his brother, and, well, that gets tiresome after 13 seasons. It still is something that he does. Well, we're only in season three, so we don't know that yet. <laughs> um but ultimately his deal and i'm about to read you the the terms of his deal okay because basically he tells sam the terms of his deal but i'm gonna read verbatim his exact terms he agrees to bring back sam and the demon refuses to give dean the 10 years he asked for he tries to bargain but she says that she'll not give him one more any more than one year and insists that if he makes any attempt to circumvent the deal, it will be voided and Sam dies instantly. So, that, and in this season, Dean basically says, so yeah, if you try to break this deal, I will stop you. This deal is happening, whether you like it or not, Sam. <laughs> that demon had a good contract, not gonna lie. That was a smart, that was a smart one to put that little clause in there. A smart move. Uh, and as we go through this year, Dean's a bit reckless, pretty reckless actually. But I find this version of Dean understandable because he's a man on his last life, as far as he knows. And I mean, what would you do if you knew you only had a year to live? I mean, I'd probably be doing something very similar. I can't. I don't know that I'd be reckless like that necessarily, but you know that's within his personality to to take risks in that way. So I'd probably take risks in some other way, but so I can't really blame him. It's very realistic to be like, oh, I only have one year left. Let's do whatever the hell I feel like doing because I'm gonna die anyway. And um, at some point, Sam actually confronts his brother and is like, "Hey, you're behaving recklessly. You need to stop this because." I don't know what I can do if you die now, basically. And he's like, you're just trying to get to hell faster or whatever. (laughs) Which, of all things to say to somebody who sold their soul for you, it's kind of a low blow. But, eh. Um, I don't know how I felt about Sam being like, yeah, please stop. I, I care about you. 
because in my head i'm still like sam you abandoned him you kind of suck you the only reason he's in this situation is because you decided to like take your eyes off the ball like you're a freaking hunter and you're telling me you have no spatial awareness you're like yay i did it and then someone comes up behind you and kills you you you're supposed to hunt things you have nothing no radar like i feel when people are behind me I agree to like an extent. I've I felt like Sam's we're going back a little bit, but I still felt like Sam's death was really anticlimactic and almost out of character for him. So that was that was something that, you know, he really should have seen coming. So basically Sam sucks. Got it. Not what I said. <laughs> um this season we also saw the introduction of Changeling. So, um, do you remember what the changelings are? Uh, yes, and frankly, they're they're disgusting in this series, but I love them. I know, cause some series make them so cute. Like yes, I in general changelings, changelings and Faelor in general are very fun for me. Mm-hmm. Even in the magicians, they are awesome. But I digress. I can't talk about other shows. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy the changelings. They basically suck the life from their parents. So, yeah. <laughs> um, did you like them, Ellie? Yeah, I do. I, I really enjoy anything like that from that kind of lore area. It's very fun. They're terrifying, but they're fun. Um, did you think that the Changeling story wrapped itself up well? Um, remind me how that one ended. Um, I have a vague idea, but I'm not the sure kids were like held underground somewhere. Oh yeah, with like the um, yeah, kinda. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it um, it felt. I mean, it resolved well enough, but it felt a little bit like we devoted like they devoted so much time to the main part of the episode. They kind of latched on around a a result a resolution at the end there. Hmm. So. Are you saying that the conflict wasn't captivating enough for you, or... No, 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 that they just put a lot of time into the conflict itself, and not so much into the, um, the resolution of it all. Hmm. Yeah, because basically at the end they were like, so, here's your kids back. Yeah, here you go, we're just gonna <laughs> unlock them, they're free now, bye. <laughs> they're definitely not traumatized by this series of events. <laughs> they don't need therapy. They're fine. How do you go to therapy and tell them that you were kidnapped by changes? You could say kidnapped. You're probably not going to say changelings. You're probably going to leave off pieces of it and make it seem a little bit more normal. But No, but as a kid, like, you wouldn't think that that's not normal. Well, maybe that's why kids have such quote-unquote wild imaginations. They're actually experiencing this stuff. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. This season also gave us the introduction of Bella Talbert who was the probably most ruthless character that I've seen in the first half of this series. Simply because she was very much about her dollar. And if it wasn't making dollars, it wasn't making sense to her. And I love that. I love Bella Talbot. I love her. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but their their anti-heroine characters are so much fun. <laughs> and I'm always so mad that they don't stick around long enough. Come on, Supernatural. Pick it up. <laughs> so, we're first introduced to her when the guys go after a cursed rabbit foot. And 
Dean even wins the lottery and is doing all these amazing things in the beginning. And then it's suddenly it's like trying to kill him. Like, I love that episode. It's one of my favorites. And they're like, yeah, you either have to pass it on to someone else or you have to figure out a way to stop it. So they're like, okay, we figured out a way to stop it. And Bella's like, um, no. One of my clients is looking for that item. So give it to me and you die. <laughs> so they basically trick her into catching the rabbit's foot. So they, they have to destroy it. Did you like this episode? I love this episode. Mostly because the the humor that gets into Supernatural is so... It has such an unusual brand of humor. It's very it's very dark, but it's so much fun. Especially, this episode showcases it very, very well. Um, and having... And, and then resolving it by, Hey, Bella, here's the rabbit's foot! It's all yours now, and she has to catch it. And it was the it was the barehanded contact. That's how you it mm-hmm. imprints itself on you, and uh, just that resolution is it's it's really fun episode, and it showcases some cleverness for both the characters and the writers. Yes, yes, it does. And then we see Bella again. We see Bella several times throughout this series season. We see her again in um the the ghost ship episode where they have a hand of glory, which basically, uh, people were such awful people. Like, humans are so awful sometimes. We do horrible things, and then we write stories about it. (laughs) And then try to spin it as if we were amazing. By the way, I took this murderer's hand as he died. Isn't that awesome? It's cool, right? Not that it's cursed or anything. (laughs) Anyway. And then to come to find out that it was his brother and he's a vengeful spirit because he really didn't do it. Eh. But we see her in this episode because she's trying to get the hand. And ultimately, I don't remember, does she get the hand? I feel like she did. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I can always go pull up a great cap and find out. <laughs> um, but did you like the story? The ghost story and the ghost ship. I do. Uh, I enjoy the... It gets somewhat repetitive with Supernatural, but I enjoy the um, the ventral spirit plot lines because they, they always have a nice personal story to each of those characters. And it usually involves some sort of... Uh, well, sometimes it involves something a little bit more famous, such as a pirate. And um, that, for me, is fun. Just to give them mm. a, like a nice personal background story. Mm. So the... Next time that we see Bella is when she is doing the mojo bag for Sam and Dean. And that comes into play when Bobby is in a coma, question mark? I want to say it is, but I'm not 100%. But I think it's really interesting simply because, no, I'm lying. The mojo bag is for the witches. That's what that was for. I think it's interesting that, one, Bella has access to all of this stuff and can get it within a moment's notice. And, two, the diversity in the stories that they tell. It's not just Americanized stories or Western stories. Um, what did you think? Uh, I agree. I think it's really, I really like, I, I hate to repeat myself, but I really like Bella, and I really like her connections, and I really like seeing the... 
I really like seeing just in general how they can work her into episodes and I imagine that maybe if this had been a full season it would have possibly felt a little repetitive to have her keep showing up but I like her so I'm biased <laughs> um, also this season Sam and Dean get arrested were you surprised that they had such a long rap sheet yes and no Yes, because this this is something that you don't usually see occur in like a series like this. So I'm really, really glad. Like, I'm really glad that it showed up. And uh, no, because again, this isn't something you normally see in series like this. And having it having it crop up and having their rap sheet match them is really funny to me. Well, just because, like, look what they've been doing. Well, yeah, I mean, they're killers and scammers, and they're yeah, not they exactly have- subtle about killing people and no. their credit cards Good right lord <laughs> like, <laughs> but they're killers and scammers so i'm not surprised i i will say that i'm surprised that they actually had consequences to their actions i love that they had consequences come up i love that it's something that's so rare especially in something like this part of the suspension of disbelief is that they can get away with it and um, so having that come up it actually really lends some realism to it. And especially the part that they never mentioned that they were wanted. Like, <laughs> like it's never any wanted signs. Like, it would have been interesting, though, if they had walked past something and the camera stopped to see that one of them was wanted or something. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but let's jump on to the cult being repaired because last season the cult was broken once the demons escaped from hell it was this broke at some point last season and conveniently ruby is like hey i can help you fix this item that's broken and bobby's like okay i guess were you excited that bobby is like yeah sure demon help me fix this thing or were Um you like me when I was like, mm, no. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Just because, like, coming in with the knife is cool. And that it fits her character. Her having a knife really fits her character in general. But, and that's unique to her. And she's offering them assistance with that. But then to come in and say, hey, I can fix this. It, it seems like that gets to salesman levels where it's like, okay, now you're probably not trustworthy. Why would you keep helping us with this sort of thing if you don't really want us to trust you? Especially if you're a demon. Like, my thing is this. My self-interest would come before anything. And the knife I can control or I can move out of the way of the knife, if you get what I mean. A gun is a bit harder to be like, it's not pointed at me. I can, you know what I mean? I agree. And, you know, you know, the knife is a close combat weapon. And considering it has to it has to be a lethal blow in general, doesn't it? It can't just be like a nick on the arm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, she could still, even if she were to not have it in her hands and fight somebody, she wouldn't necessarily die in the process. The gun, though, that, that'll kill you. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, ugh. Um, also this season, Azazel died and basically insinuated that Sam was not 100% himself when Dean brought him back. And we get to see throughout the season that Sam is a bit more vicious, he's a bit more gung-ho, 
And we could always say that that's because Dean is going to hell and he has a lot of aggression to take out on people in the world. But the fact that Azazel's like, is this really the brother that you remember? Is he 100% himself? Puts that bit of doubt into your head. So how did you feel about this, Adelaide? I I liked it. Um, which one was it that said that he's a demon, he lies? Was that Bobby? Uh, yeah, he, I'm, yeah, I'm he, pretty sure it was Bobby. Yeah, he implies that after Azazel makes that implication, saying, you know, Sam may not be entirely what you remember, he may not be entirely himself, um, and Dean goes to Bobby about that, Bobby's like, well, he's a demon, he lies. And I feel like as the audience, I really want to believe Bobby there, because... Sam's behavior could be within the normal realms of character development and character changes. Not necessarily development, but you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having it, it's fun because you're feeling what Dean's feeling. You're feeling like, okay, this is this is not normal, Sam, but also this isn't super weird for our lifestyle, so it could be. It, it, and also, like, a lot of things are happening. Maybe, like I said, yeah, maybe he's there's just there's so upset. much going on. This could just be how he's adapting to the changes. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like it could be normal. It feels like it could be normal-ish, you know, killing monsters and vampires and stuff like that. Not necessarily normal. But having that go on is still, it's a normal reaction. And seeing Sam go through that would be something that you could consider normal. But it's still, like, that one seed of doubt makes you question everything he does. And it was really clever for both Azazel and Bobby. It was. Yeah, it definitely was. So, let's jump into bedtime stories, where fairy tales attack. I enjoyed the fairy tales basically saying, yeah, we're not as innocent as you thought. Especially since most fairy tales are based on Grimm Brothers fairy tales, and the Grimm Brothers hated children. They are not innocent at all. <laughs> like the original stuff, not at all innocent. So it's yeah. fun going back to that. <laughs> um, but did you have fun with this episode? Did you enjoy it? Uh, yes, and I think that's because they had a little moment of their, their supernatural brand humor that comes up when uh, Dean doesn't really believe what's going on and eventually he can see it. And that was that was entertaining for me. And I liked it. I thought it was funny in certain points. It wasn't the normal scary that we get, but I think it worked within the realm of possibility for these people. Yeah, I agree. And it's I think that's another part of the whole Supernatural. Supernatural has its very own sense of humor, and it does it so well. And it's really funny when they pull it off. Also, throughout the whole of season three, Um, Sam tries to find different ways of releasing his brother from the contract without Dean knowing. And he even summons and kills crossroad demons. Like, the, um, and kills the crossroad demon that made the deal in this episode. But the deal in the contract is held by Lilith. So even killing this demon does nothing. Did you like that? Yes, because it shows that there's a whole network down there of not it's not just one demon out for itself. It's they still serve some sort of higher question mark, lower question mark purpose that um, there's still someone above them and they still have to answer to them. And it, you know, it's a mini boss outside of the main boss. Mm hmm. 
And it's actually really, it's a really good turn of events because, as you said, it's very good world building. And let's see. Gordon Walker. Okay. So I will say that Supernatural is pretty. Supernatural has a decent sprinkling of people that are diverse. And I, I, it's a sprinkling. It's a pretty homogenous cast, as I'm remembering, in the, especially in the early seasons. Um, but I find that Gordon Walker was an interesting character, along with the initial couple that we saw. Um, how did you like Gordon Walker? I like him, um, and I agree about the diversity. I feel like, in general, with both... Um... With both race and sex, supernatural can be a little bit on the um, be a little bit on the yeah, a little <laughs> bit on the homogenous side, and they're a little bit um, well, they well, I won't say they don't include anything, they won't include anybody else. It's just that they don't last long, and mm-hmm. that's I think the problem. Oh, um, it's very so much having, Walking Dead. Yes, <laughs> <sighs> I think like Golden Gordon Walker in general, like. Having him and having a ma- having a reoccurring character like him is very very good, and he was a very compelling character anyway. He was because he sold you another side of the hunting world where there are people who just want to kill. And, and probably I- a better outlet for you know people with murdery tendencies anyway. Yeah, but I appreciated that, like you said, he had an outlet, but it's also like a mercenary, which. It was such a good, compelling thing. And Gordon didn't care who he had to go through to get his target. I appreciated that. I want a show with him. Can we have that? <laughs> um, But in the end, um, Sam and Dean ultimately get him arrested. So later on in the season, Gordon comes back and he's like, yeah, I escaped. Let me go see uh, Bella. Bella immediately rats out Sam and Dean. Like, <laughs> and like, initially, she's like, no, no. But he's like, yeah, I have something that you might want. And she's like, sure, they're over here. I love Bella. <laughs> <laughs> like, the threat of murder wouldn't get her to turn on them. But yeah, you might like this thing. I have something you'd like. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Whatever you want, but just give me the thing. Uh, But... We he comes back after he escaped jail and ultimately becomes a vampire, which makes him even more lethal. And they this season especially they reinforce that there is no cure for vampires. There's no like they're killing people left and right, good clean people who are like I don't feed, I don't do anything, I feed off of animals, I live uh, I live as natural a life as I can. Ultimately, Gordon takes an innocent woman. Oh, also, this um this season, we find out that vampires are spiking drinks with their blood. I was done. Yeah, that's a like. <laughs> I was so like the level like. Ugh. <sighs> okay, Adelaide, what are your thoughts? Oh, on that specifically? No. Uh, go ahead, kill all the vampires. I'm done with that now. Go ahead. 
Uh, no Twilight for you. No, I hated Twilight. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Twilight fans. No, actually, I'm not. Never mind. So, <laughs> I've been on the hate ship since it was written. I'm fine. Uh, <sighs> no, in general, just no. That that's not okay, and that makes it so that like that justifies the mass murder of all of the vampires to me. I'm like, all right, cool. I, like, I'm kind of like, they're killing the ones that are like, no, no, I'm feeding off of animals. Don't kill me. But, and I don't want to be like speciest here I guess but you know if you're part of that one I'm going to have to hurt you <laughs> if you're feeding off of animals and you're not spiking your blood you're not spiking drinks with your blood that's fine but you're gonna have to prove it now like how would you prove that you never spike someone's drink that's an impossible standard yes it is I agree but that's a little too date rapey for me <laughs> uh, that's worse that is it so is. worse because oh, not only did you violate me, but now I'm a whole different species. And now I have to go, like, and drink blood. Now I have to live off of something else. I don't want to go down this road necessarily, <laughs> but imagine if that was a vegan. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, um, vampire Gordon is killed, and they kill all of the other vampires. Because they always win and save the day. Whoa. And I, <laughs> I think that at a certain point it gets exhausting for me that they always save the day. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree there, especially when it's the vampire ones, in that scenario anyway. Um, just going through and slaughtering them all. That's not. I I didn't find that aspect fun to watch personally. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else you have to say about the vampires? Um, they had a nest, didn't they? It was like yes. there, was a, there was like a. It was very true blood. Yeah, it was very true blood. It was very like there's a there's a head vampire. So like go after that one and then make the rest of the worker bees freak out. <laughs> um, at the end of this episode though, we do have a life moment with Sam and Dean, where Dean is like, "Yeah, um, this is how you fix the impala when something happens," and it's I wanted. It to be like, oh, but all I can think is Sam is awful and he's gonna break the Impala. Like, what were your thoughts at the end of that, Ellie? Uh, I like the sentiment, actually. I I kind of liked it. I feel like Sam, Sam obviously doesn't care about the Impala as much as Dean does, but Dean saying that will make him care about the Impala. Yes, because Dean sold his soul for him because he's a good brother crazy brother mm. well his father did it first so he learned like dean is very much uh dad did it so i can probably do it too yeah i think that's the problem mm. um we also get the killing of the christmas pagan gods <laughs> i love them so much they were the cutest couple and then to find out that they were killing and eating people i was still living <laughs> i like them i shouldn't like them as much as i do but i really like them like, I was living. And then we found out that Evergreen is a way to kill them. Which also, why did you have that tree if that was your only weakness? Also, like, I found that fun just because I live in the Evergreen State near Evergreen University. So <laughs> I'm just sitting here, like, laughing the entire episode. But I don't know. That's my thing about these villains who always have their weakness nearby. It's very much uh, the Wizard of Oz. If I don't like water, 
there's never going to be any water around me. I mean, like, people keep guns by them. Right, but if you're an anti-gun person, why would you have a gun? Okay, that's a fair point. It, it's like, like if I am anti-evergreen trees, then I would have a plastic tree and keep it pushing. And just spray some evergreen scent if that's what I really needed. Really, just light a few candles and call it good. There's your, there's your holiday spirit right there. It, like, why would I give people a way to kill me? I'm not going to make this easy for you. I don't know. That's my problem with certain villains. They're just stupid. <laughs> uh, you made me lose my train of thought there. Um, I was going to say about the evergreen trees. I was, gonna, I was going to play devil's advocate and say like, oh, well, maybe they're just trying to blend in. But no, a bunch of people have plastic trees. So even then you could just get away with that. I have a plastic tree because my cats are stupid and eat them. And even the plastic tree doesn't stop that. Uh, I have a plastic tree because it's better for the environment. That is true. Actually, we used to get um, we used to get potted ones, and then we'd plant them afterwards. Oh, don't try to environment me. Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also got to meet other people this season. We got to meet Tammy, who was a minor person. But the reason that we were talking about Tammy is because she's the reason that we found out that Ruby used to be human. We also have Bobby in a coma, and they have to use the African dream route to go into the dream and manipulate it and try to save Bobby. Did you like that Bobby was in a coma and in Pearl? That's a very weird, loaded question. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess. I like the aspect. I like how it motivates the conflict and the plot, but... Not necessarily that whole, yay, Bobby's in danger and in a coma. Convenient. Well, Bobby doesn't ever do anything, really. So I was like, at least he's getting into the fray. He's doing something. He's getting out of the library a little bit. I am not one to talk. (laughs) Oh, I was just thinking of the My Little Pony fandom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ultimately, we find out the person behind it is Jeremy. Jeremy gets killed. And the brothers awaken to find out that Bella stole the cult and is gone. And when they go to hunt her down, she called the FBI and the FBI took him in. <laughs> um, so let's talk more about the FBI thing. Because ultimately the reason that they escape is that the plane explodes and they're assumed to be on the plane dead did you like that way of tying that in um it's convenient it's not necessarily a bad thing i guess it's a it's presumed presumed dead is probably the best way to resolve that because Mm -hmm. there's no way that i would personally believe any other way that they would escape that for me there's just no way that they could like use the proper legal means to get out of that and prove sure. themselves innocent. So, especially, you know, they're, they are killers and they are killing people. Most of And the scammers. People, yes, exactly. And like, <laughs> while the people they are killing happen to have demons inside of them, they are still killing that human. And you can't say, you can't go up to some, you can't defend your murder with, oh yeah, but he was possessed. That's not going to work. That's not going to fly. <laughs> and um, so having... There's just no legal means of defense for that. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have believed anything other than, oh, they're presumed dead. That's definitely true. Um, we also find out that there are demons in the FBI. And well, other <laughs> and other positions throughout the government. Uh-huh. And they're trying to kill Sam and Dean. And it's this whole big fight at the end of the episode. And Sam and Dean barely managed to escape. And the interesting part to me was that even in this moment, Ruby goes out of her way to come in and help them. So it's to endear you a little bit more to her. Stop reminding me of why I liked Ruby. <laughs> really wanted that to work. <laughs> eh, I agree. It was pretty. It was. It was a good attempt. It was. I just really. She endears herself very well. She sells herself very, very well. And I really just, I wanted that anti-heroine. I wanted that demon that didn't want to be a demon, that remembered being human. I remember, I, I wanted that. That was a good character to have. Mm, definitely. Without question, it was a great character. Um, At the end of this episode, though, was probably my favorite part, where the little girl walks into the sheriff's office and asks for the Winchesters. And the guy's like, yeah, no, they died on the plane crash or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, I'm Lilith. And she destroys the whole place, the the whole police station. Did you like this introduction to Lilith? Yes and no. Yes, because it's awesome. And no, because little children terrify me. And so doing that made it like 10 times worse. Lilith terrifies me. She's awesome, but oh, no. I I agree. I love little children who are scary. I think it's like it's like children and old folks make the scariest thing because you're like they're so innocent. And then like if some old lady tries to stab you, you're like, whoa, this is a characteristic. You should be baking me cookies, little old lady. Like, <laughs> not to pinpoint all old people as baking cookies, but you get my point. No, no, I do. There's just something like. <laughs> It's the innocence of them, or the expected innocence. You expect them to be nice. You expect them to be kindly. You don't expect them to... Be murderous. Yes, you don't expect little children to do that. And it's (laughs) creepy. Um, We also, this season, find supernatural enthusiasts. And that they have a whole fandom, basically ghost chasers for supernatural. Or as as they like to be called... Ghost Facers. And it's this reality-based show where they're hunting ghosts and they happen to cross paths with the actual ghost. Did you like this episode? I love them. They're so much fun. They're so entertaining. Every... The way it's filmed, even, like it's one of the episodes, that's really well done. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if you liked the way it was filmed, the way the scenes were cut. I do. It, um, I think the only the only thing that bothers me is the camera shake when they do those sort of things, uh, just because it kind of bothers my eyes. But that's just a me thing. And um, <laughs> it, I can tolerate it when the writing's really, really well done, and that one was. Do you think these characters for this scene were portrayed well? Uh, yes, I feel like they. Um, I feel like it's a good shout out to like the ghost hunting uh, Community. culture out there, and it's also a good shout out to the fandom. <laughs> kind of <laughs> well no this isn't the shout out to the fandom there is later in later seasons excellent shout outs to fandoms yes there are 
But yes, it's so much um good in this show. Um, they also talked about death echoes this season, which is a ghost who's reliving his death, and we see one of the ghost faces actually become a go a death echo. Did you like that aspect? Uh, I did. I like the idea of the of the death echo and how it was portrayed. I felt really, really bad for the little intern, though. Yeah, I don't know. I was of the mindset of you don't go snooping unless you run and find something. That's true. So too, maybe I think it was what got me was like their ages. I think is what bothered me there because they seemed really young. They were like mid to late twenties, I think. Was the intern? I thought he was younger. I thought he was. Yeah, I think he was like twenty two, twenty three. I'm not oh, mistaken. So All right. Okay. Right. Like they're like they're young, but they're old enough to know. They're better. old enough to not be like the snooping for ghosts. Yeah. I mean, there's a famous TV show where they're in like their 40s doing that, so I don't know. I guess age knows no. Well, again, that show they've never found the actual ghost, so. No, I mean, no shade, but shade. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I can hear the, their fans coming now. Um, Sam and Dean end up wiping the footage that they have. Which, again, why are we recording when our friend just died? Yeah, that bothered me a lot, actually. They're, like, recording his his ghost, his uh, death echo, and they've got all of it. And I'm like, why? why? Have some respect, man. Come on. Like even if it's like, even if it's <laughs> even if it's a ghost you don't know. Once their friend dies, you've literally just seen him die. Why are we still like that'd have been the end? Thank you so much, guys. We're wrapping this up. It's time to go. We even like, then, no closing. You just turn off the camera. <laughs> like it's just I don't know. I I think this is one of those moments where I question the believability because of me personally. Well, one, I wouldn't be in the situation, but. If for some strange reason my friend's like, yeah, let's go ghost hunting, and I go ghost hunting, and someone dies in our party, thanks for playing, guys. Good, uh, good effort. Let's go. Exactly. It's time to go. It's time to go apologize deeply to the family, and it's time to not put it online. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, because he kind of wanted to come. So I'd have been like, yeah, um, he died, so... We couldn't get his body. It's still somewhere in there. But you know, that's a job for the cops. We're not going after the body. That's not our job. We're just here to so very, very apologetically inform you of this loss. <laughs> um, then we also have the uh moment that Sam and Dean wipe the footage with an electromagnet. <laughs> because for some reason they still wanted to put the footage online. Uh, we also have another episode where ghosts are encouraging people to kill themselves. Yay. Such Did you like this episode? It's a lighthearted series, isn't it? Did you like this episode? Does it make me a terrible person to say I did? But <laughs> I liked the plot. It was very well done. It was unusual the way that they had that happen. And for some reason, my brain is thinking X Files. Did that happen on X Files in some way too? I have never seen X Files. So okay, well, my brain's going X Files for some reason. So um, let us know in the comments. Like... <laughs> maybe something like that happened. I don't remember. Um, and we also this season see Bella and learn that the reason she stole the cult was because she was trying to get out of her contract. And 
ultimately it didn't work. Were you surprised to find out that Bella had a contract too? Um, I think I felt like how Dean felt originally because I, I thought the contract, uh, I misunderstood. I, I made it a, um, a snap decision, I guess. I can't remember the word. Judgment um, for what the contract was. And so I was a little bit disappointed in Bella, but then when you find out what the contract actually was, I felt so bad for her for not being able to get out of that contract. And I really wanted her to succeed there. I, I think everyone wanted her to succeed. And we're just like, when the hellhounds came and dragged her off, we didn't see it, we just heard the hellhounds. That is like the most, and it was the most interesting thing because Dean is basically like, this is my fate soon. And it shows that no matter the effort, even with the cult, which is supposed to be the best thing to defend yourself against any supernatural entity, uh, she still couldn't get out of it. So that proved to Dean that, for him, that solidified that there's no way to get out of this. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to say about Bella and her tragic death? No, because I was going to get spoilery, so never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, we're at the end of the season. Like, the next thing we got to talk about is Dean being dragged off, so. I know, but I was going to jump into next seasons, so oh. I was just going to reference something. Never mind. Well, um, then next we see Dean being basically dragged off by Hellhounds, and it's the end of the season. Dean's gone. Sam is like, no, my big brother. Ooh, ooh, cry. Uh, and... I'm waiting for Sam for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want him to mourn Dean? <laughs> um, Lilith basically blessed Sam with her hand and is horrified that it doesn't have any effect on Sam. Like, how dare you? And she flees before Dan, uh, Sam can retaliate. And Sam is devastated and is cradling Dean. Oh, oh, oh. And at the end, we see Dean, his soul in hell, hanging from chains and meat hooks. And it's an interesting thing. How did you feel about that? Um, I actually... I'm not sure, because I think it's an interesting way to portray hell. Uh, they did the sort of fiery, you know, red flames, grr, scary. Um, but to have the chains aspect and the meat hooks, it was very um, it was very medieval tortury. And it was very physical tortury. And I would think that almost like hell would be different for each person. Although I'm pretty sure most people in general, like, I guess... That's something that appeals to... That's something that works for most people. You don't want to be suspended by meat hooks. You don't want to be suspended by chains with meat hooks in you being ripped apart like that. So I would... It works, but it's also kind of like... You couldn't have thought of something a little more clever. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary. Oh, it was one thing that I forgot. The trickster actually points out to uh, Sam and Dean that their weakness is each other. And that they're constantly willing to sacrifice themselves for each other. And their enemies know it before he restores the timeline and stops Dean's repeated deaths. I talked about the trickster, right? Uh, no, you skipped over him. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> trickster! <laughs> Basically puts them in a time loop and repeatedly kills Dean. 
That's such a fun episode. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but damn, that's a fun episode. But yeah, it was like because. But to think about your brother having to constantly relive your death over and over and over again. Like, and Sam was like, no, you always die, and I can't figure it out. Like at some <laughs> point, he was just, like, done with it. The way he kept catching the, the hot sauce when it fell, I just loved his expression. He just would move his hand afterwards. He's just like, nope, I know this happens. God, that would be so boring. To watch your brother die? No, no, no. Reliving the same day over and over and over and over. I think it's because neither one of us have siblings. It's just like, eh. <laughs> that's probably true for someone with siblings watching your brother die over and over would probably not be nearly as entertaining as they portrayed it uh, but yes this was a good episode and this season overall had a good message which was some things are inevitable even if you try to fight them yes and that episode in general served a good purpose for Sam where it's just emphasizing that look you can't always save him and here's my point and like <laughs> the trickster was very very good about emphasizing this point and why it didn't work and why what was going to happen if sam didn't let let this go and mm-hmm. while it worked in the end for this episode he was just making he was messing with their specific timelines to make it to emphasize what was going to happen yeah it was great um, anything else that you want to talk about about this episode? I mean, this no. season? Uh, no, go ahead. Um, so thank you guys for listening to another episode. Um, thanks for coming on, Adelaide. Yep. We have another Supernatural season coming up along with Doctor Who that's currently airing. And, uh, you can find me at OP Jasmine. You can find Adelaide at OP Addy. You can tweet the show at Real OP Tweets. Um, like, comment, subscribe. We are on a variety of platforms. Don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter and the website. Anything that you want to plug, Adelaide? Nope, I'm good. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.